Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, it is my privilege to have a very, very close friend from Sri Lanka with me. Jit Varuna Kolasuriya, welcome to the show. Thank you, Asutosh. Thank you. And I'm going to call you Ash. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming me on the show. Thank you. Uh, Jit is an MBA. He's uh, the founder of the Just-in-Time Group, which is a group that is involved in information technology, education, hospitality, investments in finance, and byproducts of construction. So Jit, tell me a little bit about what would you say are the three key milestones in your career? The first would be starting at a very, very young age. I did my upper exams, as you call A-level in Sri Lanka at the age of 17 and started working. I got a lot of experience. I started working at the age of 17 plus. And the second most important thing I did was breaking off on my own. I only worked for one company for 16 years. That too, I ended up as uh, the managing director of that particular company. And then thereafter, starting on my own. And of course, the third thing would perhaps be the started believing in the creator, the God, in a, in a very big way. Okay. That everything happens for a purpose. So those are the three areas that I would uh, highlight. Wonderful. So let's talk about the just-in-time group. First, tell me, does just-in-time come from JIT, your name? That's right. So I was actually traveling back after a vacation, after quitting my first job after 16 years. Mm -hmm. And I was reading about uh, what's called a just-in-time philosophy of how the Japanese uh, implemented it. And I thought it was my first name and it's an ideal name for a company. But when I came back to Sri Lanka, I found that, you know, even the advertising guy said, how do you, how do you go and promote a company called Just-in-Time? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But it's just interesting that how it, you know, seemed to fit in well. Jit, you are not an IT professional and yet you are running a very, very successful IT company. What is the secret? So what happened was uh, when I was working with your other company, uh, group managing director, uh, who was actually one of my earlier mentors, with, he, he keeps his door open and all he sees is me sitting out there. Mm-hmm. One day he called me and said, hey, do you like to quit what you're doing now mm-hmm. and start an IT company? I said, yeah, I have absolutely no problem. I'm uh, young as uh, just 19 years mm-hmm. and I mean, let's give it a try. Mm-hmm. And then I never look back. So I started uh, two companies for them in IT, one with IBM and the other one with an international brand called Computer Lab. Mm-hmm. And I worked with them for 16 years and I started on my own. But it, it's, it was their belief that an expert or a qualified person in a particular field should not head up mm-hmm. that business. Okay. Because then you get involved in the jargon and the intricacies of the business. Mm-hmm. And it's always somebody from outside who should be looking inside into a a different business and that's where that's how I got into it and I have done extremely well as you perhaps would have uh, you know read about it I know I know I mean you know you, you are not not just in time you're you're everywhere in Sri Lanka and IT and I think that is congratulations to all the work but Thank you. tell me a little bit about the incredible scope of work that you handle I mean from real estate to technology to investments Bread and butter was IT. So I started uh, just in time group 24 years uh, back on June 6th. Mm-hmm. And 
we were doing extremely well. I mean, uh, we decided that we will not go into any retail type of business. So we went into more to do with system integration solutions. These are long-term projects. And, uh, you know, some of our customers, actually most of our customers are there for the last 23 years. They've never moved away. And during the civil unrest in the country, IT was the last thing that people are looking at. So we decided to diversify, diversify into areas that no matter what civil unrest we will have in the country, that these would these businesses would continue. So that's what initially from IT, uh, we branched off into education. Education is never going to go down no matter what uh, problems the country has. Mm-hmm. And then thereafter, we branched off into byproducts of construction. So building blocks, you know, paving stones is something that will always continue. And of course, metal quarry, so which is, you know, for building uh, highways and roads. Mm-hmm. And then thereafter, we got an opportunity to move into finance. So we went and invested in one of the commercial banks in Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. where now TPG, one of the biggest investors yeah. in the world, have also come and bought up a, a large stake in that bank, and yet continue to hold the stake in the bank. And I also went on the boards of uh, the bank, the finance company and the asset management company. Mm-hmm which gave me a lot of experience, you mm. know, in different areas. Mm. And then, of course, we ventured into hospitality. Okay. I mean, with, with the, towards the end of the civil unrest, uh, there was an invitation made to me and a friend of mine by somebody who was building a hotel. Mm. And then we went and looked at it and it was like a six-star boutique hotel. Okay. And we decided to uh, go, in, go into it. So that's, uh, you know, it's purely because of the civil unrest and wanting to diversify that we moved out of IT and put all our profits into different areas. And why don't you tell us the brand name of this hotel for all our viewers? The brand name is Serene Pavilions. Okay. In, in Colombo? Sorry? Is it in Colombo or somewhere it else? It is just 40 minutes out of Colombo in a place called Vadua. Okay. It's, a, it's built after the Balinese pavilions, as you call it. So okay. each pavilion is almost 2,500 square feet. Uh-huh. So it's a, it's an apartment by its own, but it's on the beach. It's on a five acres property and we have some of the best uh, clients in the world coming in there. So it's an experience. I mean, it's if you come for the serenity, there are no buffets. It's all to do with uh, a la carte. You can eat when you want, where you want, and you can even be a butler service also going all the way into the room. Wow. Phenomenal. So moving on, you know, continuing our discussion on the JIT group, you are a software services company. What are the challenges you face in uh, scaling up? So Sri Lanka being small, our numbers in software are extremely, extremely small. Correct. And they go at a very high price because many companies, few people. And of course, when you qualify here, our qualifications are also uh, acceptable anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. So the salary scales are much higher if you go to Europe or to Australia or to the US. Mm-hmm. And it's the same qualification that you get there as well in their technology is concerned. So retention is a big challenge, mm. but we've gone into domains, which is banking, telecoms, and certain government domains mm-hmm. where experience counts. Okay. So, so one of the biggest success factors has been retention. I, w- I can proudly say that more than 50% of our staff have been with the company more than 15 years. So, so that's, that's one of the uh, retention factors that we have. Mm-hmm. But there are many challenges uh, within the country, understanding technology. As you know, any business would buy a BMW for an executive and delay the technology or the software purchase. 
right uh, but we have we have uh, managed to uh, select our battles and win the battles and stay stay alive fantastic fantastic and how is the technology business growing and developing in sri lanka so there has been ups and downs depending on the changes of government some governments have technology some governments don't have technology so we managed to survive the onslaught when good times and bad times but we very very lucky that we have a new president his excellency is tech savvy and uh, i believe that during his first term his belief is that he would want to convert sri lanka into a digital hub wow and he's gone about doing it in the right manner and we are very happy that uh, the next 5 years will be very very interesting uh, for us as a technology company amazing amazing and you know when we were talking some time back you were telling me that you've been handling some very interesting software projects if they're not confidential tell me about some of these okay so i can talk in brief so we run for the country at the central bank oh, wow. sri lanka has something called the rtgs the real time gross settlement system so this is the inter liquidity between banks so we've been uh, with a company in uk we've been running this for the last uh, 18 years for the bank so mm-hmm. this is very critical in times of natural disasters or in times of like covid we become actually essential service because the banks have to run in the background correct and then we also do the only common uh, switch in the country which is switching any financial transaction mm-hmm. whether it be a atm point of sales a mobile transaction you know, a mobile cash transaction every transaction to a bank runs through this switch so that too is maintained by us and supported by us for the last 8 years okay and of course we also run uh, digital banking digital banking uh, has been the thing uh, coming into sri lanka and uh, we, we are proud that one of the banks that we work with mm-hmm. uh, being a government bank we managed to convert it to a very agile operation to compete with the private sector and winning almost every digital banking award out there uh, in the region as well as in sri lanka Mm-hmm. and we have driven their technology digital banking up by 320% wow increase in business on the digital platform amazing so mm-hmm. we are proud to say that we perhaps are the only company who's running such technologies for key institutions and mm-hmm. we very recently won the national identity card mm-hmm. so we actually now do the national id also with our partners that must be a big project It is, it is. That's right. It is and growing. So we're very happy about. Uh, uh, like like I said, we pick the areas we want to be. Mm-hmm. And if you did uh, pick up from the just the three projects, so we are very keen on only focusing on national projects. So where it caters to the whole population. So that's our target market. Wonderful. Yeti also spoke about you are doing byproducts of construction. Tell me a little, little bit about this business. so construction like i've explained you know we are into the paving stones so it's a byproduct of construction and into building blocks so we have a factory called amtrain which is a, a 45 year old company which we bought into quite late which is into you know these two products so these are so that's why we call it byproducts of construction that's 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 as simple as it is okay So tell me you know I meet a lot of businessmen from Sri Lanka and you know you're a very dear friend why don't I see more Sri Lankan businessmen making investments and doing 
big business in India when you got such a big market next to you? So I think the field, I mean, there's only one company that I can think of as go, who has gone in there very big, uh, which is a f- furniture company called Damro. Correct. And it's doing extremely well. Mm. So uh, we, our belief is that you need to be in the critical manufacturing area to enter a market like India and you have to have moderate pricing. Okay. And the entry barriers to India is quite big, mm-hmm. uh, quite, quite difficult in fact. So, which is why I think Sri Lankan companies prefer to go into Asian countries or even to Bangladesh, Nepal. I mean, you find banks which have gone mm-hmm. into Bangladesh and Nepal and the Maldives, but they find the entry barrier into India to be tougher. Mm-hmm. So, I think if the entry barriers are uh, reduced, mm-hmm. then certainly we can uh, perhaps get into India. Very interesting. And what kind of entry barriers would this be? I mean, are these government well, restrictions? Well, government restrictions in the, in the context of, you know, market entries, the fierce competition that you get there, mm. and the, maybe the incentives given to foreign companies. And for us, scalability is a problem. Mm. Scalability is a problem. And, you know, it's very difficult if you were to ask me specifically in our area, which is uh, software. I mean, India has a dime a dozen of people who are there in the software business. So it will be extremely difficult for us to compete in the Indian market. But India does see a lot of value in Sri Lanka. In fact, uh, Sri Lanka government was very quick after this new government came in to get HCL to come and open uh, a worldwide global uh, development center in Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. which has gone down very well. And I hope more Indian companies come into Sri Lanka, which means that we would have a better chance of going out there and going out to the region. And of course, my advice would be that they come in with partnership with the Sri Lankan company Correct. Uh, to get any benefit out of it. Correct. I agree. That I agree with you. So one more question, you know, on business before I move to another part of the show. You know, like uh, most countries, Sri Lanka also has a very young population, which are the millennials, and they're all now in the workforce, etc. And millennials have their own way of thinking and their own way of working. How are millennials affecting the just-in-time group? Well, it's a big challenge for us. But first, I must say that they're keeping us young. Okay. So considering considering a 24-year-old company and we also acquired, uh, after just-in-time came into being, we've actually acquired a couple of more companies. Ash, you know, uh, we acquired uh, the IT arm of uh, one of the largest companies in the country uh, and it's called KBSL. Mm-hmm. And we also acquired the IT arm of another large company now, and it's called Enable. These are investments that I have made as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are not com- investments made by the company. Right now, I own four IT companies within the group, wow. which have a 600 plus staff and are doing quite uh, efficient and quite well and quite productive. Mm-hmm. But they run independently. But I'm the sole, uh, sole entrepreneur owning these businesses. So we have different kinds of challenges when it comes to the Gen X and the millennials. You know, one thing for sure, I must say that they keep all of us on our toes. Mm. We need to be agile. We need to work. But it's a good learning process and specifically in our industry. I think it is best to have a combination of the old old hogs, as you say, Mm. right? Or the baby boomers, as you say, and to have a mix of the millennials and the Gen X. Because it actually keeps a company challenged. So we actually have zero issue in managing them and handling them. And we have uh, our HR, you know, is headed by a lady who's 
been with us for almost uh, 14 years plus and she's managed to keep them challenged and keep the older guys challenged in fact run a program where we pair off a baby boomer with a gen x or a millennial for a mentoring process and it was worked very well for us so one more question and then i've got time for some personal questions you said you know four companies as an entrepreneur you are a quintessential entrepreneur with so many different companies i'm sure you invest in startups as well this question is for a lot of young people who will listen to you and me chat what are some of the basic mistakes a lot of startup entrepreneurs make well when they when they get the first round of funding or they get the sweat going uh, they develop a very good idea unique idea and when the first round of funding comes they run off to get more uh, facilities such as uh, you know a new building a new car rather than concentrating on completing the products and to me the biggest mistake that i have found that they do is not getting their marketing mix right right so we have excellent products in startups we have excellent thought processes and they are funded quite well but the only thing is that they get the marketing mix wrong so companies like us actually we buy in to startups maybe on the second or third round of investment because they lack in marketing i think everything in life is about a relationship and how you get a marketing mix going for your product mm-hmm. the product itself there are enough good products in the market enough young companies creating new technology but certainly getting the right marketing mix is in my opinion the foremost thing a startup should do and even us even us i mean focusing on the right market picking your battles and going after what you want is what we do and it works even for the startups thank you so time for a few personal questions for you jay sure dash where where do you draw your inspiration from that's a tough question to answer but my inspiration i would say started off with my former managing director that i spoke about mm-hmm. he's very energetic he's 70 plus and he's yet more energetic than i am mm-hmm. i learned from him that there is nothing called something cannot be done there's always a way of doing it if you know how to find the way of doing it and you take the trouble to find the way of doing it there's always a way over a wall dig a hole under a wall mm-hmm. break the wall down there's always a way so my first inspiration came from there and then i also have people who inspire me in my own office i used to be a real aggressive go getter but i think time also changed me and i have one person who influences me in office who gets gets the karma side of me going and of course i've also got in the recent past some part of it that you don't know about me as because we've not met each other for a long time is that i also gone into uh, helping the church that i belong to in a big way okay. and uh, in that i also have a mentor there who has inspired me in different ways mm. but i must say that i as said today being my age i have not woken up a single day in my life without being inspired i mean it's just automatic when i wake up in the morning that i'm ready to run terrific how nice that is amazing so my next question interesting segue from what you just commented that if you were a role model to millions of children who closely followed your life choices what is the one thing you would change in yourself 
to go back to my childhood okay i think when you when you get too hooked on business when you get too hooked on the the material things as they call it in life you forget where you started and i think the more time that i would spend with the younger people and they were following me i would learn from them mm-hmm. that the simple thought process that you have works for everything in life we simply overcomplicate everything my belief is that if you break it down to simple building blocks like what a child would do i would want to go back to that learning from them fantastic the next question is that you know you hire so many people you know in different businesses what do you look for when you hire a person so we have something that we run in our company which is commonly used called the dna okay we have our own dna okay so the dna actually uh, is something that i inspired and started working on i need to see go getters it's not the qualification that i look at i look at go getters the experience and the urge and the energy they have at a interview or in a discussion for them to you know thrive in the business so uh, in most key positions i do get involved in the interviews even now okay because i my belief is that in any company that we are a part of if you don't have the right mix the business cannot go forward correct correct wonderful so i have time for two more questions for you my next question is that what does success mean to you success to me is ending up the day being very happy mm-hmm. and content okay. i do not look forward to any other factors that uh, most others would mm-hmm. look forward to mm-hmm. and money means nothing in my in my life mm-hmm. but it's being joyful and content at the end of the day that i achieve what i want to mm-hmm. is the most important thing to me and actually I like the run I like the hunt mm. but when I get over the the hurdle I become very mellow wonderful and my last question to you and this automatically relates to the pandemic we are all faced with and Sri Lanka I think has done an incredible job in managing the challenges that most of the world hasn't been able to but given the pandemic how are you rethinking your life in the new world order we have not adjusted much uh, personally my life has changed to think of the more important things in life mm-hmm. and to simplify it again i have always been somebody who simplified things mm-hmm. but i actually gone into a even more simplification and that life is what it is correct and i believe that our creator press the reset button on us mm-hmm. that we were too ambitious running too hard and he said the reset button on us so personally i have learned a lot from it to respect more people to look at the common person who actually brought life back to us during the pandemic who in fact delivered groceries to our doorstep and to the staff that sometimes we think you know don't do not productively work to look at that they too have maybe some personal concerns that that we need to address mm. and from a business point of view we actually company went out and got a covid certification as well so we we are allowed to work and announce that to anybody but we learned a lot to respect each other you know uh, people have started uh, walking up the staircase rather than going in a lift today mm-hmm. they're very concerned about the health and i mean the company has adjusted uh, got more agile more lean and we actually doing extremely well 
compared with some of the industries that we feel bad for who have had to shut down completely like the tourism industry and the garments industry which has been hit very badly but we have survived and uh, we actually in a hiring mode that we want to hire more people into different areas so that's our take on the pandemic jits thank you so much it's been such a pleasure speaking to you i wish the entire group all your investments and you personally a lot of success thank you thank you very much ash thank you so much it was so uh, nice to be on your program and i wish you all the success in what you're doing and continue doing what you're doing because i think you inspire a lot of people thank you thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you